0: You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release a podcast each new and full moon devoting to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. Each episode, I will share a conversation with one of my soul crushes about the things that light our souls on fire and hardships that can crush our soul. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzolo. Sit back, relax, and most of all, enjoy. Enjoy. back to Soul Crush. Today I'm going to share a little bit with you about this really wild thing going on in the universe right now and in esoteric astrology which I am not an expert but a student of and just an explorer inside of and if you listen to episode one with Heidi Rose Robbins she is She's my esoteric astrologer, so I don't have to be, (laughs) but I still love learning about it. So right now, and since about last October, November, up until this November, the planet Jupiter is in and has been in the house of Scorpio. I'm going to talk a little bit about what that means and why I'm sharing it is because I feel very connected to supporting people through you know deeper transitions and more challenging moments in their lives and that's part of my work even with my school that's called the power of love um, you know if you're devoted to the power of love chances are you're going to be asked to face into you know some really intense stuff on your journey and and even um, the process of of rebirth and dying and being reborn and resurrected. And then on top of that, on the inner spiritual journey, there's you know all these outer life circumstances that I know we are all facing into and feeling the effects of. So hopefully this podcast today will help offer you some, solace, a place of refuge for any of your own suffering and discomfort right now to feel supported and loved. I'm going to begin with a poem by a woman named Jan Richardson. It's a book called The Cure for Sorrow. And she says, a blessing helps us to keep breathing, to abide in this moment, and the next moment, and the one after that. So Jan um, unexpectedly lost her husband and creative partner, um, and, and from that space wrote um, these beautiful blessings, this book in particular is a book of blessings for times of grief. It's just an amazing book and Heidi actually introduced me to her. But she uh, Jan is a writer, artist, ordained minister in the United Methodist Church. This one's called Blessing for Falling into a New Layer of Grief. You thought you had hit every layer possible. That you had found the far limit of your sorrow, your grief. Now the world falls from beneath your feet all over again, as if the wound were opening for the first time. Only now, with an ache, you recognize as ancient. Here is the time for kindness, your own, to yourself. As you fall and fall, as you land hard in this layer that lies deeper than you ever imagined you could go. Think of it as a secret room, this space that has opened before you, that has opened inside you, though it may look sharp in every corner and sinister no matter where you turn. Think of it as a hidden chamber in your heart where you can stay as long as you need, where you will find provision you never wanted but on which your life will now depend. I want to tell you there is treasure even here, that the sharp lines that so match your scars will lead to solace, that this page that feels so foreign will become for you a shelter. So let yourself fall. It will not be the last time, but do not let this be cause for fear. There are rooms around which your new home will grow, the home of your heart, the home of your life that welcomes you with such completeness, opening and opening and opening itself to you. No part of you turned away. Hmm. So, the energy of um, Jupiter and Scorpio isn't necessarily about grief, but my experience of letting go and my experiencing of exploring the depths. And, and, and consciously delving into the depths of our, our unconscious, the depths of our suffering, um, is a path of really acknowledging grief and acknowledging, you know, not only that many of us as humans are afraid of the unknown, but we're really afraid of letting go of what we know and how much deep compassion and tenderness it really takes to navigate letting go and to navigate swimming in in the depths of our own shadows and darkness and emerging you know more true and more authentic having gone through the experiences that we go through And there's no jumping ahead to that. And I even hesitate saying it because saying it is kind of, I don't know, does it an injustice in a certain way as well when we're inside it. But in my experience of grief and of letting go and of, you know, this energy of Scorpio that is in my experience, very powerful um, and very potent because it's true. It's like this deep, hunger for truth this like never never satiated hunger for truth I'll read with you a little blurb about Jupiter and Scorpio by Heidi the said Heidi Rose Robbins this is a year of profound healing many of us are finally sharing secrets and private parts of ourselves we've held close for years We are giving voice to our own flavor of anger or sadness or shame. We are lifting fear into the light of day where it can become love. We are becoming tenacious and powerful in our healing. We are not giving up until the light wins and love wins. It is not an easy year to navigate. As William Stafford the poet says, the darkness around us is deep. But under Jupiter and Scorpio, we have the opportunity to out ourselves in all the best ways. Scorpio says, let's go as deep as we need to go to heal. And Jupiter says, yes. Jupiter is this planet uh, of expansion of, you know, you can imagine the word yes in all caps. And then like Heidi shares, you know, Jupiter says, let's go as deep as we need to go to heal. (sighs) So in that, you know, I know many people that are in my life have been facing all types of um, grief around letting go of relationships and letting go of identities that, you know, some of us have been holding on to our entire lives or even our entire waking or conscious lives that are even, those are being asked to really be investigated and to, and to go deep into and any of the crevices and any of the, uh, I think the the ways that we've um, used to help us, to help soothe us potentially on the outside have really been asked to, you know, for us to take a peek at, at least, and see how potentially um, those things are not offering us the growth and the love and the lives that we really want to be living. So I want to share just three things. This will be a shorter podcast today. My podcasts tend to run a little bit over an hour long because I have been meeting with some such amazing it's been so great and I'm so grateful for all of you that have been tuning in and sending feedback and please send me more and you know rate us on iTunes and just send me any any feedback but everybody I've interviewed so far it's just been such a delight to to meet with my teachers and how much grace I feel um, you know my friend Keely said these are your teachers, you know, what grace And I really felt that. I just felt I feel so lucky to, to know so many wise beings in this life and um, to learn from them and, and you listening, um, you know, being one of them, if we've even ever shared any conversation, um, you know, I try to listen as much as I can um, for the wisdom in the things that we all share. So the three things that, I have a lot of things I want to share about, you know, emerging into the depths of, you know, Scorpio is a water sign, so it's really like emerging into the depths of of the water, you know, and, and when you think about the depths of the ocean, that darkness, you know, and even that hush of stillness, you might hear in that space and I remember in Mirabai, who was on my last podcast, Mirabai Star, she shared in her book Caravan of No Despair, I think it's in that book, where she shares about, you know, being in grief so deeply and, and like it feel it can feel like drowning. And I know that when those of you that have experienced grief or even just intense emotions, it can feel like you're being hit by waves And we learn how to navigate and how to surf those waves. Um, You know, some of us quite literally, if we're surfers, but others just, you know, metaphorically learning to surf these waves of intense emotion. And one of the things she says is that, you know, at some point when the waves, you know, were just so, so constant in her experience, at some point she had to learn how to breathe underwater, and to me, the feeling of that is so powerful, so potent. Learning to breathe underwater, you know, not to just be looking always for the relief, although, you know, relief comes and we find the relief in the ways that we learn how to then share our voices bit by bit from these experiences, as well as offer our services to others, um, and and come into the generosity of fullness, you know, that we're in when we're drowning. Um, We actually are are quite full at the same time, even though it can be really painful. One of the things that comes up for a lot of people when we're in these states of, you know, wrestling inside of darkness and and really navigating these more challenging aspects of life um, are a lot of, you know, ideas and self-sabotaging thoughts or just this inner uh, self-aggression and and self-judgment that can come up. And I found that that kind of energy, that anger that will oftentimes become self-directed or we direct it out in blame, right? It's either inner or outer blame or both. I've gotten pretty good at both. over time I used to be a majorly inward blamer but um you know I'm pretty sure I'm I'm definitely guilty of both and you know it's such a strong energy and it it, and it really is an uncontrollable thing just like love and so when we're in it you know it's not even necessarily like there's something to do other than come back into the ways that we can really pay attention to what's going on you know inside of us and even not necessarily just always finding the thing to to soothe it although you know that is that is a practice you know of you know i i use all types of modalities tapping and playing the guitar and and meditating and chanting and there's many ways to work with these energies and i and those are important and it's also i find important to just be inside of them and let ourselves just you know un- unless we're on some edge of of really not coming back you know if things are suicidal if things are um at that point where you really feel like you can't handle it you know those are absolutely moments to reach out and there's suicide hotlines and there's many resources um and you can reach out to me if, if there's many resources to deal with addiction in in a free way and so many ways that we can get support even if we don't have the, the means for it. But when we're just, you know, really inside of deep suffering, not at that edge, but close to it sometimes, right? We really can use these different modalities of self-soothing, which are really important. And we also can be with the, the heart, be with that inner experience with a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of, of dancing, a little bit of, you know, we're all dancing with these shadows now in, in the outer world, in our inner worlds, in our private lives. And the more that we can do it with curiosity and with compassion, within ourselves and with one another I think this is you know the medicine of this time I also wanted to talk a little bit about the exploration of our inner journeys as a way to be of greater service in the world and that's a very natural, like I said, it's it seems to be a natural thing that happens when we're going through and when we've gone through intense things. It's almost like you get so connected to your own humanity. And this is why, like to me, this is spiritual work. Because when we go so far into our own human experience, we reach a place where we actually see how not separate we are because we almost can't be anymore because even spirituality and what we think spirituality is in this day can create more separation because we think we have something that other people don't have and then we're conscious and they're not and then they're you know they're in states of consciousness that they need to shift out of and you know there's a whole like spiritual ego like bullshit that I think is really um, it's running its course you know but I think we're all kind of hungry for something else which is why I feel this feminine way of delving into the depths of our um, humanity is really the bridge between our uh, relationship to um, nature and our relationship, even to spirit, um, is is how we're getting there, how we're learning. You know, through navigating strong emotions, through you know, seeing how we can actually be of service in the world. Um, because of the things that we've experienced in our life and the traumas that we've experienced and not just to, you know, identify with them heavily, but it's, it's, it's different than that, you know, acknowledging things and it really helps to, you know, helps us to, to live in an authentic way that opens us up to the flow of humanity, the flow of devotion, to just being a human that's so fully alive, you know, because pain and is, is, you know, is on the other side of the spectrum is jo- of joy and pleasure is, you know, all of that deeper shadow work, it guides us to also being able to be so fully immersed in the presence of, of our own, of our own love and our own joy. And, uh, you know, not to always, you know, necessarily even have to have that be the, the end goal but I think love in the unconditional sense which is why my school is called the power of love is you know maybe not the goal but it is the the foundation and the baseline for truly anything that I feel like we experience and life is guiding us back home into this embrace of of love and of unconditional love a dear friend of mine um A teacher, an old teacher of mine from New York, recently has been going through um, uh, healing from cancer, from breast cancer. And, you know, she's been sharing her experience online, and it's just been amazing to feel into her wisdom in this time and her fierceness, but also just her deep vulnerability and how connected tenderness is to fierceness right and it's so palpable in her experience right now of healing and her journey of you know now going through chemo and I'm gonna read you something that she wrote because it's so on point I feel like to this this topic that I'm sharing today and um yeah let me just get into that because I feel like that's definitely something I wanted to um to share with you so in a recent post she wrote I cry briefly about three times a day it lasts for about 30 seconds but sometimes for a little longer it is triggered by an incident or a moment where I'm hit by the reality of my medical situation or by frustration with some detail of it and often by self-pity I need to be honest about this because I realized after speaking with a friend that may I, com- I may come across, I may come off as being relentlessly positive about things right now, which is not at all the case and would be weird if it were the case. I simply post when I'm feeling together enough to post. This is not to say that I'm not laughing and enjoying my family and friends, art, music, the book I'm reading, the food I'm eating, and the small pleasures of daily life. Actually, I appreciate all this more than ever. But here's the thing. My life is irrevocably changed. There is a before and an after, and anyone who goes through a double mastectomy or any kind of cancer in its accompanying treatment knows. Additionally, the drawn-out treatment makes it impossible to teach yoga asana right now and distracts me from my writing. And the physical discomfort is pretty awful and will be for a long time. So I search for gratitude because it shrinks everything back into proportion. I go to PT today. I stand waiting at the elevator with a man missing a leg, a woman in a wheelchair. And I am engulfed in a wave of emotion that is something like compassion mixed with a chastening. chastening. I get to walk in here. Ultimately, I should be okay. I may have no breasts right now, but that is nothing compared to this. I have a home and family and food and friends. My self pity dissolves for now, and I feel grateful for my life. <sighs> She's such a beautiful woman, and you know, to have been receiving her blessings and her experiences has been nothing short of um, awakening and and enlightening too. You know, even in that short post. <laughs> She's so, you know, nonchalantly, you know, goes through <laughs> such a deep human experience of, you know, from self-pity back to the gratitude, right, to the aliveness that these kinds of experiences, not that I know what that her experience is like, but the kinds of things that shake us to our core like that, bring us to. Uh, the gratitude for you know the food that we eat, and uh, the subtleties in in our experience that emerge from um, the depths of sorrow that we also go into. I was sharing on Instagram earlier um, a little bit about this, and you know how oftentimes on the path, and I know for me on the path of sobriety and and recovery, I didn't just hit one bottom. And some people don't really even hit a bottom. They just kind of wake up into it in different ways. I think you know we all experience addiction in different ways and how our addictive tendencies, I oftentimes teach, and um, can become allies in the sense that they can show us you know, the places that we're unable to see consciously and can then become uh, you know, such good and deep medicine for us if we're willing to look. But some years after I got sober, I, I hit a, another bottom that really almost killed me, and it had to do with um, emotion. It was an emotional and a financial bottom that I am still navigating my way out of uh, some years later, and it was uh, invoked by a, a breakup and a loss, a pretty big loss uh, in my life, and A very challenging um, situation that I won't get into in detail for respect for others involved but it really for me took me into looking at the ways that I allowed myself I allowed my life to be dictated by others and I lived my life um, really I lived my life in a certain way. The unconsciousness that I was waking up out of was that, you know, from the the, place, the time I was in the womb, I really kind of took on the burdens of others. Not that I don't have my own burdens that I was giving to them. I'm not immune to this uh, life and sharing of burdens that we do. But that was my experience was that I really oftentimes enter relationships with others and I took on a lot of this unconscious burden um, that was either within the context of the relationship or you know in, in our own personal stuff and in that moment of awakening to that and awakening to uh, the addictive qualities that I held even in relationship it was very hard to feel and then within the context of that situation, I know I'm being vague, but uh, I can't give away all the juicy details right now, but in that situation, or feel that it's necessary, but in that situation, I um, you know, also woke up to an extreme amount of, of guilt, uh, and you know, healthy guilt, because there was a betrayal involved in this situation, and that I, I was at fault in, um, in part, and You know, the guilt and the shame that I felt, it was so massive. You know, I I really feel like Marianne Williamson talks about how, you know, God doesn't punish us because as humans we punish ourselves. And I know this is true um, because I really lived in that and lived in the punishment um, that I I put myself through a lot of punishment for a period of time and really, uh, you know, I think I, I reached the end of some rope of of self-abuse like on this very the way that self-abuse can live in such an inward deep deep inward quiet way where no one else can see it or even feel it but it's there and it could almost it could kill you you know um it's so wild because it's so it's so something that you know we could just Go on posting on Instagram about uh, you know our higher moments, like she said. You know, oftentimes we do post when we're feeling inspired, and that's that's fine. I mean, that's it's there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But it also uh, we're, we're all learning how to articulate these and navigate, and then articulate these these uh, more challenging moments, like this whole year of really dredging out these secrets and uh, these unconscious ways of being and living, um, that just really aren't working for us anymore and and navigating all the waters of that and navigating the surrender that has to come, um, in order for that resurrection to really, um, naturally occur, which in my experience it does. And it's a slow, painful process, um, that, you know, as we peel back the layers of the self-sabotage or the layers of the, you know, living for someone else or living according to someone else's expectations or needs where we really lose ourselves and what we, you know, are really about, um, there's a gift in that because it awakens us to something that really becomes, you know, an unstoppable force of self-discovery that I think is one of the the benefits of going through these more uh, harsh and and challenging times. To experience, um, you know, when you've harmed somebody, it's like loving yourself even when you've done somebody and people that you love harm. (laughs) Finding love for yourself in those moments is not easy. Um, And something that I really have been asked to do in this life and facing some of the darkest shadows that could arise between people. um, You know, maybe not the darkest, darkest, but pretty far in there. And, you know, and, and still not, I mean, in some moments really shrinking in that and in other moments continuing to show up and to voice and to continue now in this moment, um, practicing voicing who I am and what I've learned from from these experiences of um, exploring the darkness and exploring the depths of shadows and um, harsher uh, human mistakes and and um, and also just not even mistakes sometimes just just the way that life unfolds in its uh, in its unfair and unjust ways I got a question today do you think we become compartmentalized when we try to make amends with our shadow and I thought this was a really interesting question because I do think it does take a little bit of compartmentalized and what I mean by that is the ability to look at our shadow without believing it to be true because if we fully believe our shadows that can really result in us um you know i mean it could result in really um really bad and negative outcomes you know it's hard to live if you're identified with all of your darkness um which i think all of us can relate to and have moments of and have had long periods of it that, um, you know, take a lot out of us. But it's kind of what I'm speaking to. It's also, I think, the ways that we learn how deep we go and, and how deep our vulnerability and how deep our connectedness goes. Um, but when making amends with the shadow, I think I loved how uh, this person put, put it in that context, in that context and in that way. And I don't really ever think about it like that, but it is a little bit like that on the path of really looking at these things inside of us, looking at, you know, even the stigmas in our society around lying and betraying and addiction and uh, (laughs) the door in my uh, house just slammed shut. It is a little windy outside, but anyway, uh, (laughs) lying, I'll say it again, and addiction and um, I should Potentially feel into the ways I'm lying in this moment, maybe. The stigmas around uh, suicide and depression, you know, and just, and grief and death and uh, all these juicy things that, you know, the lying that we do to ourselves and to one another, it, it ironically becomes our truth in some odd way is what I'm finding and what I'm continuing to learn about. I definitely have not come to the end of that and I don't necessarily want to. I think it'll be a lifelong exploration. But I think I think it could be good to become compartmentalized in a certain way, uh, to also have moments where we can step out of it and be of service. But I also don't think we have to really even step out of it to be of service. I think we just have to have a willingness to show up anyway, even in the midst of our pain and even in the midst of um, everything, show up and also, you know, reach out to get the support that we need to remember that we're not just the darkness that we're facing, um, but that we're so much more. And in my experience, it makes us more whole, um, not more compa- compartmentalized, but it actually helps us to reclaim the lost and forgotten pieces of our soul and Uh, face the the shame that we've taken on from our families and our ancestors and the abuse and work with it and and actually become a more integrated, whole human that really, like I said earlier, brings us into a holiness that is what helps us then be able to show up in a spiritual uh, context and not be so one dependent on it but also too fearful of it. You know, if I go to a church and everyone's singing to Jesus Christ and I feel the spirit, I'm not afraid of letting go into that um, because I've already lost my mind. And I think the things that hold us back from surrendering to, you know, that energy, that collective energy of spirit in any context, I'm just sharing, you know, a more Christian context because I've had that experience recently, but you know whether it be yoga or you know uh, any you know spiritual tradition and, and spiritual uh, spirituality, we get afraid to really lose ourselves because um, which is natural, you know, when when we're really trying to get solid in who we are, um, and we need to have that experience too. But I feel like we really can benefit too from that kind of surrender and willingness to uh to see what happens if we cry um in in the name of of the lord you know whether we believe you know in everything that uh religion has morphed that to mean or not which i'm assuming most of you listening do not um subscribe to the ways that uh you know dogmatic beliefs have uh you know like any mystic in any tradition it's really going against those ways of um believing that we're in some way separate from one another and from God. So, um, of course, that's not what I mean in this context. But I think the benefit of really delving into the darkness and becoming more whole as a result of it, as a process, as this lifelong process that unfolds naturally over time, if we're devoted to transforming and healing and and facing life uh, with our arms wide open, um, then you know we're not so afraid to welcome you know uh, newer experiences and I think there's a lot of value in that as well and then a lot of value and then that can also mirror our willingness to show up like I said and to just be of service to those others that have maybe gone through the things or going through the things that we've gone through that we are not necessarily immune to going through again um but we've, we've moved through and we've learned something and we've, we've, we've gathered some kind of potent medicine that can then be transferred, you know, even in this moment in this podcast of, you know, like I said, my Jupiter's in Scorpio. So it's like I really feel like I am a space holder and a facilitator for people to face into their darkness and to, um, you know, really learn the love that's inside of those places because it's like no other. Uh, it's like no other love that we can receive, um, and it's beautiful, and it's well worth it. It's well worth the journey. I want to close with a meditation, um, and I also want to close um, by sharing this. Um, this you can look it up online. Look up the diagram online, but it's called the Heroine's Journey. Some of you probably know about it already. But it's a really beautiful um, description of... um, I have to look up who who wrote it because I always forget her name. But it's this beautiful circle um, diagram of the heroine's journey. Okay. Um, That was based on the model of um, Maureen Murdoch. That's her name. Um, You know, it was an alternative... Uh, it's generally regarded as the first chart to an alternative to Joseph Campbell's the uh, hero's journey narrative paradigm um, that she believed was more appropriate for women's life journeys. And she was a student. Uh, Maureen Murdoch was a student of Joseph Campbell's and came to believe that the hero's journeys, the hero's journey model, did not adequately address the psycho-spiritual journey of women. And so she developed um, a heroine's journey based on her work with women in therapy. And I just love it so much. And um, there's a podcast called The Heroine's Journey, uh, or there was, I'm not sure, I haven't listened to it, um, but I am definitely want to explore it. And uh, I just—I also think it's not just for women, I think even men, and, and maybe this is just my perspective, but a lot of the work I do with the feminine, I do feel like it's very deeply important for women, but I really can't get on board that it's not also deeply important for men to also be exploring this very same models of exploring the depths of darkness and exploring these deeper states of feeling and allowing ourselves to go so deep into even healthy guilt you know is something that i think can really wake us up and shake up uh, shake us up into a reality you know that sometimes we're not willing to face but not facing these things in our reality and avoiding them i find really not just do the, those around us a disservice, but they do us a disservice because it cuts us off from that pure flow energy, that shakti that flows through our deep, uh, our essence and our bodies when we're living in our truth. Um, and, you know, we also have to have times where that flow is cut off in order to understand and learn <laughs> what it means to go into these darker places too. So it doesn't all happen, you know, in this pretty order or even in my experience in this diagram, like she, uh, she uh, articulates, but I still find that there's a lot of value in it. So it starts from what she calls the separation from the feminine and moves to the identification with the masculine and gathering of allies. It then moves to the road of trials uh, the meeting of the ogres and dragons. So you know this the road of trials, and when we start to really, you it can feel like a battle. You know, uh, in in the in the yoga tradition, there's the 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 Bhagavad Gita and this whole journey. I'll get into that in another podcast because I teach about that too. Just this whole journey of um, Arjuna, this warrior, and uh, this beautiful long uh, poetic journey of um facing into uh you know battle and the, the battles that we face on the path but the spiritual path to me just means our, our lives because i think if if you're listening to this podcast i'm assuming your sadhana or your spiritual practice is also just whatever you're facing in your own life right now because that's gonna have the most effect on you and those around you and, and in the world i believe so from the, the road of trials, we move to the finding the boon of success, which has very much been my experience um, emerging from that darker time of being really alone and uh, for, many, for many reasons unable to connect with many people in my community and uh, just so many things that were going on for me uh I this very odd and and then losing all my belongings so many things that happened during that time having my stuff stolen and having this grace come through of the you know so many wild things in all directions happening at once um you know, really then stepping into this new level of my layer, I'll say, of my teaching where I just didn't have as many inhibitions. You know, I just didn't care if people liked me as much as I used to. I wasn't putting things out for really other people. Even though I have this deep desire to serve, it was different in a way. Um, When I saw Stevie Nicks perform last year, sometime in in Los Angeles, (laughs) she played a lot of old songs that were, you know, on these these tapes that she had recorded, you know, with Tom Petty back in the day and, you know, these songs that a lot of people haven't heard, which, of course, you know, you can imagine, you know, we show up, we want to hear the hits, we want to hear the Fleetwood Mac, you know, whatever. And one of the things that she said that made me cry (laughs) was she just said, you know, I'm not doing this for you anymore. I'm doing this for me. And it was like, it's, it sounds like a wildly selfish statement, but the way that I perceived it and the way that I, because this is how I understood my own journey to to start to become was that it was like the most selfless thing, you know, something that could seem so selfish, right? I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me became this wildly selfless act because it took us, it took me out of this you know, expectation I was having of her to, like, play the songs I wanted and my disappointment is, you know, all of this egoic, like, hoopla as opposed to me just showing up and being present to what was going to be there for me to receive, you know, right? Um was such a gift, you know? Thanks, Stevie. (laughs) She's given many gifts, obviously, to many of us over the years, but that was definitely a strong one that I had never really received from her um you know for through her songs really it was so powerful um when she said that I just it hit me in this way of like wow um because a lot of my journey has been of coming out of this self-deception and self-absorption to really seeing other people and being of service to other people so there's that aspect too right but I think there's there's a, a lot of both of those things that 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 can and do happen simultaneously even as we're uh you know twirling around in this um evolution of and coming into uh re into the light from the places of and the depths of darkness like many uh mythical tales um tell the story of so after finding the boon of success we move and she moves in this paradigm in this uh in this uh, cycle to awakening the feelings of spiritual death and you know I mean, death, spiritual death, as we know, it's a huge part of it. And really, I feel like this Jupiter and Scorpio really is, uh, you know, Heidi said, I think on the podcast I did with her, the first episode, she said, you know, it's no longer a time where we can put on a brave face, you know, and my experience and in, in my teaching, what I'm really holding space for us and, and continuing to do in my own, on my own journey is to, you know, take off these masks that we wear so we can actually get down to what's underneath the anger, you know, what's underneath, where's the hurt and what wants to be heard inside the hurt and how willing are we to really hear the, the hurt that's, that's underneath the things that we do and say. And I think there's so much power in there, um, and so much power in this spiritual death that we can go through and so much connection to the natural world in my experience that happens through the spiritual death because the spiritual death can often the spiritual life and 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 our lives can oftentimes take us on this journey of you know doing different things to help us have an experience of what we are beyond the physical body which is really important um, for us to have and to know you know to just come into a space and all of a sudden you know feel like you're on ecstasy or you know without even doing any drugs or even you know the the plant medicine and the world that plant medicine can offer us the experiences um that plants can offer us as well um and then you know at some point even what we know spiritually i think has to die and it did for me uh for a period of time and some of it came back because it was just true to my path and my dharma you know like being in India for me it's like going there and being such you know a woman from New Jersey that grew up you know a lesser extreme version of the Sopranos as far as I could tell <laughs> but you know uh, very similar in, in some other ways oddly oddly similar um you know and being there and feeling like I was coming home in in the place in in a foreign place with you know Hindu and, and Muslim cultures and uh, the 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 mystery the mystery of this uh place uh, and everything about it that made me actually feel like I was returning somewhere you know blew my mind in a way that you know I'll never be the same thank God again from but even all my attachments to what it meant to be spiritual or connected to spirit and even all my teachers and all of that at some point had to die uh, in order for me to keep growing and so that we all have our own experience of the spiritual death and what that looks like for us. From there, she moves to the initiation and descent to the goddess, and then to the urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine, which I feel like I've been finding through this connection to nature and in that time of really letting go of everything I thought I knew, or really it just being pulled out of my pulled out from underneath me, um, not not because of my own partially because of my own doing, you know, I'm not taking away responsibility for anything because I, I had a lot to do with it. Um, but I really connected to nature, to the ocean, to the, uh, to the forest, to the trees, to the wind. And now, uh, the rivers are really calling me in this, uh, wisdom that are in the, in the, in the, you know, the healing waters of this earth are really, um, a way that I'm, I'm reconnecting and finding a reconnection to the feminine, in all of her forms, you know, from fire to the flow, you know, to the fire of Durga's and Kali's, uh, you know, transmutation and, and death to the flow of Sarasvati that I'm, I'm, I'm learning now and And really this oceanic experience that I had of of Lakshmi, the goddess Lakshmi, and in that in-between Kali to now where I'm feeling the Sarasvati presence of wisdom in in sharing a voice of poetry, of music, of writing, and that flow. Um, And obviously, like I said, it's not like one after the other, but it actually has been my experience a little bit in that center place of the sustaining energy of Lakshmi. I found floating in the ocean for you know hours sometimes and almost scaring myself and being like you know coming into a state of like oh my gosh I hope I'm not like floated out to sea and you know I try to be much more careful with that now but at that moment I really just was so you know in a place of such deep despair it was you know feeling the hell, the way the ocean held me uh, I feel like I contribute to how what part of what saved my life uh during that time so you know, all these ways of reconnecting. And for me, they really also have been very much nature connected to these uh, mystical uh, goddesses in the Hindu tradition and in and, and the um, in the tantric tradition and even uh, Lalita and some of these other goddesses that I've learned about over, over these years and have been exploring. They really came to me and then I learned about them um, as a result, um, the fire of, of Kali and 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 I feel like I contribute a lot of my sobriety to prayers to the fire and prayers to this intense power that actually led to you know and had and continues to lead to a, a deep reverence and respect uh, for the fire that we all hold and the damage that it can do, but also the the beauty and the uh, tenderness that can emerge as well. I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but. I just I know I can't hear these things enough, so um, I feel like all these different ways that we experience them are, are just so beautifully intertwined, um, so I want to share that. So the last few um, of these are healing the mother-daughter split, which is an interesting dynamic to explore definitely on another podcast, but I could say a lot about that, to healing the wounded masculine, which I absolutely, just in these past few months, have been deeply delving into um, my own wounding around the masculine in relationship to my father, in relationship to God, and the way that the masculine actually lives in me and coming into a whole new phase of uh, reclaiming my masculine. Um, And then the last one is the integration of the masculine and the feminine. You know, and these are words that mean many different things to many different people, but to me, they have a personal relationship To things that I've experienced, because I find that you know anything that we come across that resonates deeply with us, you know, in any of any of this stuff, you know. I mean, I have so many teachers that, and oftentimes they say contradict like contradicting things. And I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, like I can feel all of it. And so, you know, ultimately it really does come down to, you know, we might resonate with something, but the way that it lives in you and your experience of all of this, it really is. And I think why we're really being asked to look at our humanness in such a deep way right now is because, you know, that really is where the wisdom is held, even though it's, you know, held in this larger container that we are choosing to walk these paths as souls, you know, as beings that um are are also uh, infinite and 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 the flow and the uh, the generosity um, that comes from going through these hard experiences is I think that's the main thing that comes out of it for me, is the generosity as well as courage, right. Um, but courage is so. Uh, it's just so. It's such a thing that it's happening when it's happening, and it's it's not something I could necessarily conjure up. You know, I think conjuring up compassion and curiosity leads to courage, uh, leads us to our courage. But courage feels like a very solid thing to me, uh, in 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 a way. But the, yeah, this this generosity, and I, that's where I really wanted to end. Um, end this this episode with uh just inviting and welcoming the generosity that that wants to flow through us as a result of the things and the burdens that you're carrying in this moment um and everything that you're being asked to hold which may be a lot which may feel like more than you can you can hold um and you may need to reach out for some support for that so i'll close with a poem a Rumi poem says i was dead then alive weeping then laughing the power of love came into me and i became fierce like a lion then tender like the evening star he said you're not mad enough you don't belong in this house i went wild and had to be tied up he said still not wild enough to stay with us i broke through another layer into joyfulness he said it's not enough I died it's my favorite one of my favorite poems and where the the name for my my, my school came from um, so I want to close with a short little meditation just to ground everything that came up for you during this time and really just offer a, a moment of support for anything that came up and before I do that, I just want to share that in a couple weeks, I'll be uh, on July 26th, I believe, a Saturday, the full moon. There's a full moon eclipse and I'll be offering a class called Embodied Intuition, really exploring um, the foundation of bhakti yoga, a little bit about tantra, uh, some somatic meditation and uh, mantra practice. And ha- half the proceeds will be going to a organization uh, my friend Carla told me about called uh, animal aid india and and they rescue really they do really amazing work in india rescuing animals and uh it's a, it's a beautiful organization you can look them up but uh, half of all of that um from that class that healing uh circle i'll be holding that day will be going towards that so uh, check it out on my website. It's artoflovingyouyou.com. Uh, you can find me on Art of Loving, and there's a link in my bio to Embodied Intuition class, and it'll be about two and a half, two hours, and you'll have uh, time for questions and to get some personal counsel as well. So please check that out. And if you would like to uh, join us for a meditation right now, you can just find a comfortable seat wherever you are, as long as you're not driving, uh, and close your eyes. You can also listen to this as you're working or as you're, you know, whatever it is you're doing, you can also just stay tuned and allow the words to still penetrate you in the same place, but without necessarily even closing your eyes. It's definitely a, a practice I do in a lot of my trainings and retreats where we we do open eyed meditations, you know, because these words and the energy and the essence of groundedness and, you know, the subtle energy that we're sharing, you know, you don't have to have your eyes closed to acknowledge it. So that's really what, what we're doing here. So take a moment and just feel into the this subtle energy that we're sharing. If you are sitting, let yourself feel your seat on the ground. If you have your feet on the ground, feel your feet on the earth. And just welcoming anything in this moment that you're going through or that people close to you are going through and just almost is like opening up like these big big mama arms to almost like energetically hold it so it's not just you that's holding you there really is this this deeper presence of, of collectiveness and collective energy that we're sharing in this moment to help you feel held right it's this process of the small self surrendering to the higher self and this higher self is this this unconditionally loving uh, mother this great, being of earth that we, we walk upon and that we eat from and everything in nature that is just these constant reminders and even all the nature in, in the relationships that we have and, um, bring us into this reminder, can bring us into this reminder that we are already whole, you know, that there's nothing actually to be seeking, that we are, we are, in this moment, in any way, shape, or form, or anything on the deepest layer that we're already whole, that we're already good. And if there's, you know, pain or really intense grief coming up, it's maybe not a time to focus on that and just a time to really give yourself this opportunity to feel what you need to feel without trying to change it or, you know, anything, just being with what's going on in the deeper heart space. Let your body get a little softer, relax the space in between your eyebrows, relax your jaw. Just let your whole body breathe as it does. Maybe you can get sensitive enough to feel your skin softening as it's breathing. You can even imagine your whole skin, this large the largest organ in your body just totally exhaling. <sighs> Opening to receive whatever feeling wants to arise, whatever deeper layer of joy or pleasure. Or pain is there to be acknowledged, to allow that in, to welcome it. There's a light inside of you, and there's a deep well of unconditional love, and sometimes it just doesn't feel like that, but. all the great beings and saints and sages and mystics and poets and musicians and you know it's what everybody sings and writes about it's what we all are really doing all the time this aspect of the masculine and the feminine within us just constantly you know ebbing and flowing and merging and dancing and sep- separating and coming back together and making love and you can start to just let your body move a little bit if you're seated and your eyes are closed and let your eyes open if you can find something natural in the room even if it's the sunlight pouring through a window just let yourself receive something from the natural world as a gift and offer your gratitude back to the way that nature lives in you as you and the ways that we can you know really connect to nature through you know the depths of our embodiment and the depths of our sorrows and sadness and uh, and and the depths of our joy and and living and in, in um, enjoyment of of this life and of how precious how precious it really is. Thank you for joining me for this special little teaching, healing, portal uh, episode. And I hope that you received something that was of use. And please. Let me know if you have any feedback and find us on iTunes and share with your friends so um, I can continue to really put this work um, and and what I feel like this just really deep uh, permission to be who we are and to be continuing to face the shame and all the things in us that are uh, afraid to be who we are um, out in the world because I think this is how we can really help create change. So thank you so much for all the work that you've done in your life and on your path up until now i'm I'm deeply grateful for that and for the grace that um, is holding you and is holding me and is holding all of us in in this moment. And have a beautiful day or an or evening wherever you are. And I will see you soon.